welcome to Standing in the Gap. I'm your host preacher, Brandon Harrell. Standing in the Gap is a weekly audio Bible study dedicated to the verse-by-verse exposition of the KJV Scriptures. It is my prayer that through these studies, the lost will be saved, the believer edified, and most of all, that the Lord Jesus Christ will be magnified and honored through the proclamation of His Word. For correspondence information, please stay tuned until the end of the broadcast. May the Lord bless you as you listen to this week's Standing in the Gap. All right, this is Preacher Brandon. We're studying the Gospel of Matthew verse by verse, and we've now come to chapter 3. I'd like to read these first six verses as we begin to study this chapter. The scripture says in Matthew 3, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, And his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Here we're introduced by Matthew in rather abrupt fashion to the great forerunner of our Lord Jesus Christ, John the Baptist. It is this man of whom Jesus said, Among them that are born of women... There hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Certainly this man is worthy of our consideration. John is an unusual character in Scripture. He is the last of the Old Testament prophets, seemingly born out of due time, coming on the scene some 400 years after Malachi, who incidentally had been the instrument of God to prophesy of the very arrival of this man, John the Baptist. We'll look at that later. John was the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth. We read of his birth in the opening chapters of Luke's gospel. His mother was the cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus. She too conceived in a miraculous way, being far past childbearing age when she became pregnant by her elderly husband, Zacharias. John was six months older than Jesus, earthly speaking, The conception and birth of John were an encouragement to Mary as she pondered the things related to her by Gabriel in her heart. John was also of the Aaronic order of priests. It is interesting then that he's never seen fulfilling that role in any way, though his father was a priest. John was marked out for a special purpose. He was to herald the coming of the King of Kings. It was John's official role, as we'll see in the next uh, verses. John was a preacher sent to prepare the way of Christ into the hearts of a people who at the time of his arrival were sitting in darkness. He came as a burning and a shining light to point men, women, boys, and girls to that great light, the light of the world. He was willing to decrease that Christ and his kingdom might increase. Now let's begin to consider several aspects of the ministry of John the Baptist. First, notice with me his arrival in verse 1. 
the opening verse of our text says, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. The days in view here are simply a reference to that period of time when the events about to be related to us commenced. John had come to the age of 30 years and Jesus was close behind him in the same. At least 28 years had passed since the closing verses of chapter 2. The only record we have of anything between then and this time is in Luke when we find the 12-year-old Jesus astounding the doctors of the law with his knowledge of the scriptures. But now, after nearly three decades, John bursts onto the scene as a star fallen from heaven. Nearly 400 years had passed since God had spoken to the masses of Israel. Just prior to the birth of John, he'd given revelation to a select few individuals who would play a role in redemptive history by miracles and by angelic visits. But now he would recommence the prophetic ministry that he had set aside in the days of Malachi, and he would speak to the masses through John. This first verse tells us that in those days came John, the word translated came is a word that has a very specific connotation. Of 587 occurrences of the word come in the New Testament, this one in the Greek only appears about 38 times. It means, as Thayer puts it, to make one's public appearance. It is as if John had been hidden from the public eye in order to be revealed at a particular time and for a particular purpose. That is exactly what took place in the life of John. John the Beloved said of the Baptist, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, and so there was. He came under divine orders with divine authority to preach for such a time as this. The fullness of the time was come, and with it came John. It's also true that we, as God's people, have an individual purpose. May we find it out and fulfill it to the best of our God-given ability in this hour in which we live. John showed up in the wilderness. This doesn't mean that he stood in the middle of a forest and began to preach to the trees and critters until people came to where he was at. This was a densely populated region of Judea, wherein were towns inhabited by people. He preached in the country, or what we might call the rural areas around his home. This was what Luke called the hill country, where his parents lived and where he was raised. It is uh, At his birth, there had been quite a bit of stirring. Zacharias' mouth had been opened and John's name had been given. The news of this miracle had spread like wildfire. We read in Luke 166, and all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. No doubt they'd reflected on that from time to time. Zacharias had answered their question with a prophecy of his own about the role of John the Baptist. He would be called the prophet of the highest and would go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. The time had come. John was now unleashed with a message of repentance. John came preaching. 
he came preaching. But then that brings us to the second aspect of John's ministry, his announcement or his message. Verse one tells us that John, what John was doing when he came to the wilderness, he was preaching. What a blessing preaching is. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 1.21 that it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Now, men would rather have about anything than preaching. They heap to themselves teachers. They love philosophy. They love debate. But few, it seems, especially in our day, have a stomach for real preaching. The word used here is caruso in the Greek. It means literally to herald, to publish, or to proclaim. Many view preaching as too dogmatic or too emphatic. This world hates the notion of absolute truth. They don't want preaching. They want lectures and speeches. They want explanations but they don't want preaching. They don't want the exposition of God's word with any authority behind it. Preaching in the strictest sense is simply to proclaim with authority and devoid of equivocation what God has said. Thus saith the Lord is the only proper preface to true preaching. You'll find that phrase, thus saith the Lord, throughout the prophets, God hath said. Now there is a sense in which all of God's redeemed ought to be preaching. It's a job of every Christian to preach the gospel to every creature. Every believer should be well versed in the scriptures and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. However, there's a current trend that I'm detecting that bothers me a little bit. I'm hearing very faint but very snide comments which seem to slight the notion of a definite call to preach. It may be a part of the reason that we're not seeing as many men surrender to the gospel ministry in our day. We need more qualified called men in these days of apostasy, not less. We need more, not less. Therefore, I want to emphasize that call that rings in the ear of a man set apart by God for the purpose of being his mouthpiece on this earth and preaching. The prophets of old believed in it. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and cry against it. He heard the call and he disobeyed the call. We all know the fallout that he received, but nonetheless, the call was clear and personal in the life of Jonah. Isaiah, upon seeing God in his glory, answered the Lord's call, Whom shall I send and who, who will go for us? He said, Here am I, send me. That may sound to us like a general call, who will go for us, but Isaiah was the only one who heard it that day. He was the only one in the room, and he knew that God was calling him. Jeremiah recognized this call. We read in Jeremiah 1, 4 through 8, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. 
But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. God said, you're going and you're going to say what I tell you to say. I'm calling you. I've sanctified you. I've ordained you. I've set you apart for the purpose of preaching. Later, when Jeremiah tried to quit, he couldn't. For the word was like a fire shut up in his bones, and he could do nothing else but preach. That is the call of God. So it was with John. He was a man sent from God. He came preaching with a call of God upon his life. God had one son. He was a preacher. God calls preachers. I wonder today, dear brother, listening to this broadcast, are you called of God to preach his word to this generation? Has God set you apart? Has God sanctified you? Has he dealt with your heart about preaching? If so, get to it. The scripture says, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good thing. God gives the gifts of men gifted to preach uh, to his church. And if God's dealing with your heart about preaching, oh, get busy in the ministry of the word of God. Next time, we'll look at the content of what John preached. Till then, this has been Preacher Brandon. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Standing in the Gap. It is my desire that today's episode has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to contact me, my email is bcharrell83 at protonmail.com. That's b-c-h-a-r-r-e-l-l 83 at protonmail.com. You can also reach me by phone at 828-777-4923. Tune in next time for Standing in the Gap.